twowayradios.com, check, check. Bytwowayradios.com. Recorded almost live from Rock Hill, South Carolina. It's the Two Way Radio Show. Welcome to the Two-Way Radio Show. I'm Rick Savoia. I'm Danny Feimster. And I'm Anthony Roquet. And this is the podcast about two-way radios for business and consumer communications. Today we'll talk about the new TYT MDUV 380 dual-band DMR digital two-way radio and put it in a three-way matchup against the popular TYT MD380 and what is widely considered the first dual-band DMR handheld on the market, the MD2017. We'll compare the features of these three radios, respond to some of your comments and questions about the UV380, and tell you which model we think offers the best value for the price. We'll also tell you about updates to the Ocean KG D901 DMR radio, give you an update on the status of the proposed tariffs on Chinese transceivers, and take some of your comments and questions from our blog and our forums at twowayradioforum.com. Yeah, folks, this is going to be a jam-packed show, so you'll want to hear it all. Our show is sponsored by... BuyTwoWayRadios.com, the source of two-way radios and radio accessories for businesses and consumers since 2002. Enter the promo code SHOW at checkout and save an additional 5% off your order. BuyTwoWayRadios.com, your radio specialists. In episode 121 of the Two-Way Radio Show, we told you about a new dual-band DMR radio coming from TYT that would be a little different from their first dual-band handheld, the MD-2017. It's the MDUV 380, and we expected it to arrive to the U.S. sometime this spring. Well, now it's here, and Buy Two Way Radios is one of the first dealers to have it. Yeah, actually, but thanks to TYT for getting this one out so quickly. We, we, when we talked about this a couple of episodes back, we were, uh, I don't know, qualifying it. Like, oh, well, you know, this is supposed to be coming, but don't get your hopes up. You know, they say it's going to be may sometime but you never know you know the the 2017 the 9600 were delayed by so much but uh the the uv380 is here and yep. it's pretty much on time right anthony it was I, I was i was really surprised you know once we got the order placed and then a couple days later i had a tracking number and i was like whoa this that was is quick and it wasn't held usually you get a tracking number and it hasn't been scanned yet and um, so we we kind of we went a different route this time with these. We didn't put them on, you know. We blogged about them and talked about them in podcasts, but we didn't put them on the the site for uh, pre order. Uh, we learned yeah. our lesson with the ninety six hundreds last time and the twenty seventeen. So, um, but they're they're now live. I mean they're they're here and they're and they're selling. Um, seems to be a lot of uh, interested folks on this one. I guess let's start by talking about the new MDUV380 versus the MD380. The model sounds similar, and there's a, there's a good reason for that. If you, if you look at these radios side by side, it's tough to tell the difference one to the other. That's right. Yeah, it really does. Well, let's let's take a look at some of the uh, similarities first of all, which there are many. Mm-hmm. Uh, first of all, both radios use the same shell. The display keypad side keys are all the same. Um, both have the same K1 connector, 
they both have the same SMA female antenna connector. Uh, in fact, they're nearly identical in physical appearance to each other. It's, it's really difficult. Now, we have all three of these models that we're talking about today right here in front of us, and it's really difficult. You can't really tell by looking at them except for maybe the antenna that's on the 380. Yeah, the, the only physical way I can tell the difference between these radios right now is the antenna and the channel selector on the UV380 goes continuously around. There's not mm -hmm. a, a lockout at a certain point. The MD380, you can only turn it so far. The UV380, you can just continue to go around and around. Um, physically, that's it. Yeah, I mean, they both use the same battery, same charger, same audio accessories, and they both use the same programming cable, which is also a really good good uh, thing for this. Yeah, I think that's the biggest plus for the UV380 because the, the MD380 was such a popular radio. Mm -hmm. Most likely, um, you know, you already have that radio or you already have accessories that will work with this radio. The, the MD380 and now the UV380 using that K1 accessory connector just gives you tons of flexibility for uh, speaker mics and programming cables and mm -hmm. you know audio accessories. Now um, the difference is, of course, the MD380 being a single band radio available in UHF or VHF, but whichever one you get, it's it's just a single band. The MDUV380, which I believe is what the UV designation is for, is a dual band uh, radio for both UHF and VHF. They also have different firmware. Okay, they have different firmware in the radios, but they uh, use different programming software. And we had right. to, we found that out uh, when we were testing it out. We tried to use the MD380 software, and that didn't work out too well. Right. Now, but you can use code plugs from 380s and 2017s in this radio. That's definitely a good plus. Absolutely. Yeah. It's a, it's a huge plus. So other than that, I mean, um, from the outset, it looks like this is uh, a pretty good matchup just to add a, a, you know, if you already have an MD380, uh, you know, getting yeah. an UV380 is probably just, it, it's just adding more icing to the cake as far as your, your radio, your DMR uh, radio setup is concerned. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I think that the UV380 is, is especially... Um, a good choice for someone who already has an MD380, especially if you've purchased something like our digital starter kit where mm -hmm. you've got accessories for your MD380 as well as just the radio because, you know, you can just kind of, you know, swap the UV380 in for the, the MD380 in most cases and uh, add both UHF and VHF. Mm -hmm. Now, looking at the MDUV380 versus the MD2017, that's a little bit of a... Uh, a, a different, um, I mean, there are a few more differences there than with the the uh, MD380, obviously. Uh, of course, both radios are dual-band UHF and VHF, and as you, you mentioned, Anthony, uh, you can use the code plug from the 2017 into the right. 380. Um, both have, I believe, 3,000 channels at this point, right? Yes. Um, but that's pretty much where the similarities end on that one. When we get to the differences, they're using different shells, uh, push-to-talk, keypad layout, and side keys. They use different antennas. They use different batteries. Uh, they use different audio accessories and programming cables uh, because the MD2017 is using the multi-pin connector. Mm -hmm. um, 
as opposed to the K1 connector. And of course, the MD2017 is, is IP67 waterproof and submersible. The MDUV380 is not. Um, and of course, the big difference, the big visual difference between those two, besides being the height, is that the MD380 does not have the trackball. And um, that's that's kind of a biggie for some some. Yeah, so many people did not like that trackball. It was kind of finicky, but I mean, it takes some getting used to. I mean, I struggled with it and didn't like it when I first started playing with it, but uh, I think there's workarounds to it. Program some side keys to be your channel up and down and things like that. Um, I mean, I I was telling somebody the other day this is kind of like the Daddy, the three eight, the MD three eighty. And the mama, the 2017, <laughs> had a baby, and it got most of the daddy's looks, and it can't swim. I mean, that's that's basically you know, it's not. That's uh, a great analogy. That's you know, a it very looks good just analogy. like it, it looks just like the daddy, but it, it's just not uh, submersible. So, I like I like that one. Um, I like that analogy too. Now, that's pretty cool. Holding both of these radios, the MD 2017 and the UV 380. I mean, physically, they're just different radios. Mm-hmm. There's not a lot of similarities to the way the, these radios look, whereas with the, the MD380, like Anthony said, it's like a twin. Mm-hmm. Um, physically, the 2017 feels like a more solid radio to me. Right. It, it just does. It feels like it's better built, feels like it's more durable. Um, waterproof, I mean, I guess the, being waterproof probably adds to that. For some applications, that can be a very big uh, advantage yeah the drawbacks to the 2017 are this audio connector if you ask me it's, it you know requires more expensive accessories because it's a multi-pin type uh, connector so you have fewer accessory options available mm-hmm. and uh, those accessories are going to cost more so if you can get away without requiring the the waterproofing 380 uv380 is going to be a good choice yeah. So um, so looking at the three of these radios, the, the three of them together, what do you think is actually the best value for the price? You know, what, what do you think is, is... Let's talk about the price first. What, what are the prices on these models, Anthony? So the, the original, the MD380 um, UHF radio is $89 with the programming mm-hmm. cable. The MD2017 dual band waterproof um are at 169 dollars mm-hmm. um now the the new radio i was really surprised you know it kind of falls in the middle so you're 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 at 129 dollars for that radio with the programming cable and software um now we're talking about the non-gps version which non-gps is what we have right now right i think that the gps version is a little bit more following suit on it it's usually like ten dollars more. Yeah, I think that's going to go for one thirty nine. Right. Yeah. Um, I don't know if we're going to. You know, it's on the amateur side. You're, you know, you got some people that want GPS. You got others that don't. You know, that don't can't justify spending the extra ten bucks. But, but, but do most of them really need it? I mean, in your personal on the amateur opinion? radio, no. Oh. But there are. We've got some um, rescue crews and volunteer groups and stuff like that that do want it and mm-hmm. do need it. So. Um, you know that's that's uh, and, and that one sixty nine price that is for the GPS version of the twenty seventeen one fifty nine is the non GPS the non GPS so and we're currently carrying both and we carry both right yeah. now 
when we're talking about um, the price differential, when you're saying that was kind of the middle of the road, and I agree with you that I figured that that would come in just a little bit higher. Well, at least about the same price as the 2017, except for the fact that, okay, I can understand you've got the waterproofing, so that's going to make that more expensive right off the bat. But um, I think initially TYT was uh, talking about a 149 right. tag, I think is, is what they were talking and, about. And I kind of had conversation with them about that just because I thought it would – there are people that – there are some people that are going to need waterproof radios. Mm-hmm. And – I think if they would have came out with the, you know, put this at the 149, it would have never sold. You know, you could buy a waterproof version of it for ten dollars more in the 2017. Um, so I, I think it's a good price point on it. I mean, I think if, um, yeah, I agree. I think it, I think it's the right spot for this. I, I mean, no, 89 for a single band, 129. So what's that? Forty dollars more. Yeah, I you. think the people that are going to buy this are going to be the the folks that bought the original three eighties. You know, people read. You know, put blogs and reviews online about that trackball, and you know, I think there's yeah. more people that don't care or you know doesn't bother them than there are that it does bother. Um, so I think those people right sell a lot of MD twenty seventeens, and I think the people that are were on the fence about that going. I don't know if I want that trackball on there, but oh, here's a, a twin radio that does dual band. Now I'm on it, and, and it's and it's cheaper. And I've already got the batteries, and I've got battery eliminators, and um, you really set everything that's new, right? Sort so. of a proven design too. I mean, I think you could right. call the, the MD380 tried and tested at this point. Right. The, the design is solid. Well, we did do a review, initial review in episode 121, and we we also. Uh, uh, told everybody about it on our blog, and we have received a number of uh, comments and questions. A lot of people asking questions about this new radio. I thought I'd pull a few of them, and uh, maybe we can answer the, some of them uh, right here on the show. Um, well, Joseph wants to know: well, with this radio, can we hear both bands at the same time? And um, as far as I know, no. Uh, on the and he's talking about the UV380 here. Uh, can you hear both bands at the same time? Dual receive like that simultaneously? As far as I know, no. I don't think it has the dual watch or dual no. receive on it now. No. And uh, I, I'd asked Chris about it because he'd been playing with it extensively, and he said no. So um, uh, let's see. Paul um, Paul said, I don't see where the specification allows for 25 kilohertz standard FM operation, only 12.5 kilohertz. Um and uh, yeah, it, it it'll do twenty five kilohertz, and, and I think that's really what mostly applies to the uh, analog analog mode. side, yeah, right? On the analog side, Robert wants to know: Will it be super heterodyne instead of direct conversion? And this is actually one of the uh, questions we received uh, the most on this radio. We had several people um, asking about about that one particular item and. Uh, Anthony, you did a little research on it, and, and Chris and I checked around a little bit. Uh, several people asked about this. James, uh, Igor, Robert, all, all these guys were asking, does the MDUV380 have super heterodyne receiver? Um, and he says it's kind of a selling point, really, since all the other Chinese DMR dual band radios are direct conversion. Um, the answer is, 
it's and that came from tyt there yeah was i just a direct sent an conversion. email to, i sent an email to him and it was direct conversion yeah so that pretty much answers that question and um george wants to know how can i get notified when the gps units are available i'm saving to buy one in september of this year that's from george um do you do you have a a date on that or a tentative date on the gps i haven't heard anything like when it's going to be available um seems like with the 9600 in 2017 it was about a month right later, wasn't it right so um if he's waiting for september they should be here by then i i would yeah i would think so I i'm mean, sure we'll send a you know once we get them on order or we get confirmation available we'll probably blog it or do an email blast or something oh yeah uh, but uh overall uh, consensus is uh, which which one do you really think is the best value here for the price? I would I would say r- just looking at three radios, looking at the prices uh, off the bat, I would say it's probably the UV three eighty. Yeah, I, I would tend to agree. Unless you absolutely need the waterproofing for some reason, personally, I'd go with the UV three eighty just because of the accessory selection. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right, I, I agree. I mean, that, or. If you need, I mean, if you need waterproof and you need something that's dual band with a GPS, then unfortunately, right now you've got to go with that that the MD twenty seventeen. Yeah, well, you know, I'm sure this is just the beginning. I'm, I'm sure the market for these DMR dual band handhelds will continue to evolve as time goes on. Uh, I'm sure there'll be more and more different models out, and they'll they'll continue to improve on this, and uh, hopefully, they'll become uh, even more affordable for everyone. So. Um, but but I think for the time being, yeah, I think the UV380 is probably going to be a, a nice sweet spot for uh, DMR users. Yeah, I agree. I think this is going to be a popular radio. All right, well, we received a question from, from Carl, and uh, he said, I'm interested in the Ocean KGD901 and was seeking clarification on having only... 64 max channels versus other models having a thousand channels to program this appears to be an issue and i was wondering if ocean is planning on increasing the channel number anytime soon thanks and that's from carl well i did some checking up on that because i I really hadn't looked i I, you know the d901 was one of those models that we just kind of put up on the site we we looked it over and then of course with with all of these newer uh dual banders coming out it, it just sort of went by the wayside and everybody just sort of forgot about it tyt but, sort of stole, stole the thunder there when the yeah they, they, was coming out they, they, they killed the d901 really they, they pretty much did and and i think one of the reasons was because the d901 and it came out it it really only had 64 max channels and yeah and it was it, later it was really than the 380 more expensive and the specs weren't quite as good yeah however uh the good news on this is that the d901 was updated last year and uh it now supports 64 zones and 16 channels per zone for a maximum of uh, 1024 channels but that's not the only thing Uh, it's also now fcc part 90 type accepted for business use so uh ocean was granted part 90 type acceptance for this radio so now it can be used for business apparently uh which is also kind of a big plus for that radio um and uh, we may see uh, we may see things pick up with that. Yeah, I think that radio really is underrated. I wish more people would give it a shot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, we discussed. If anyone wants to know more about the KGD nine hundred one, we discussed it in episode ninety nine of the Two Way Radio Show. 
Uh, it's just that we've they've updated the features since then, so you have more channels. Uh, and, and that is a UHF-only radio, 447 yeah, I, I think that's the problem. They're just so far behind, it seems, on the, the digital game right now. They, they uh, don't yeah. have a digital mobile. They don't have dual-band models. And um, I, I hate to see that because it seems like they were ahead of the game with the analog radios. I think, um, I'll, I think they'll probably start picking things up a little bit later on in the year or so. Um, you, have you heard anything from Motion uh, lately? No? Nothing, really? Nope. I haven't heard of any new DMR models, and I'm, I'm in um, communication with them quite a bit. I mean, I, um, hmm. they, they seem to be heading the direction of the GSM-type radios. Yeah. That's yeah. It. The SIM card, um, their new models um, seem to be cellular capable yeah i have noticed that they do have uh, some models that they're interesting models but uh it's it's something that um yeah that's something i need to learn more yeah, about yeah well we may cover that in a future episode of the show as well uh also i'd like to give you a tariffs update an update on the uh, proposed tariffs on chinese transceivers which may or may not affect uh, future pricing on the uh, MD UV380 and MD380 TYT uh, uh, radios and ocean radios and all the Chinese handhelds going forward, depending on what happens here in the next uh, couple of months. Um, now, we did discuss that in, ep- in um, episode 121 of the Two Way Radio Show. We, we really discussed in depth. So, I'm not here to rehash the whole. Um, the whole issue, but essentially uh, the U.S. has uh, proposed a 25% tariff on Chinese goods. The current status of this is that both the U.S. and China had sort of declared a truce on this to negotiate a settlement uh, to the tariff issue uh, and avoid a trade war or conflict of some sort. Um, But on May 29th, it was announced that a final list of imports subject to a 25% tariff totaling $50 billion is going to be released on June 15th of this year. So I guess we'll know more on June 15th as to whether or not the transceivers, Chinese transceivers, are still on that list. And, I, you know, it's a matter of, well, we're going to have to wait and see. After we did our show, I, I kind of more news kept coming out about the the tariffs, and I kind of thought that maybe this was just posturing. That maybe mm-hmm. we'd thrown that list out just to, as kind of um, I don't know to get a better position in negotiations on a, a new trade agreement. It really started to look that way. I and, think it may still be. Yeah, I'm really hoping it, that the was case. the case. Yeah. I, I think that may still be the case, but I, I think it's an ongoing issue. And as we promised before, we'll stay on top of this, and, and uh, we'll let everyone know of, of, uh, of any updates as they, they come out and as we get them. Uh, because this does definitely um, have an effect on a lot of people who buy these Chinese radios, these Chinese goods. Yeah, I mean, a, a 25% price increase would, would hurt. It's substantial, yeah, it is. Um, there is a magazine out called National Communications Magazine. I want to give it a shout-out to Chuck Geisey. He's the uh, editor and publisher of National Communications Magazine. This is a magazine that's been out since the 80s, around 1988, I believe. And um, this is a, a paid bi-monthly 
uh, online magazine for hobby, radio communications hobbyists, and it's generally delivered in a PDF format. So it looks like an actual print magazine. It's, it's not one of these kind of newsletter things with a bunch of links in it and, and text articles. This is an actual, um, it looks like an actual printed publication in a PDF format. It's very, mm-hmm. very nice, very, very slick publication. Um, this covers um, scanners, CBs, two-way radios, including FRS, GMRS, and MERS. And um, it's touted. Uh, as the number one, and basically it's the only scanning CBN two-way radio magazine online <laughs> available at the, at the moment. So uh, I guess that makes it number one by default. <laughs> Crushing the competition. <laughs> exactly. But I will say it's it's a fine magazine. It's it's very interesting. A lot of uh, interesting articles in there. Um, uh, this particular issue, uh, the May-June 2018 issue, that I want to comment on, uh, there's a very, very interesting editorial in there by the uh, publisher, Chuck Geisy. And in this editorial, he talks about using the Internet to, to link GMRS repeaters together. Uh, basically, it's he's talking about a, a, a kind of a new type of a GMRS system that links the GMRS repeaters together so that you can pretty much, if you're on a GMRS radio in, in one area of the country, you can talk to another GMRS radio in another area of the country through all these linked repeaters. Uh, and of course, uh, on the outset, it looks like, well, you know, this is illegal uh, because you can't, you're not supposed to, according to the FCC rules, to, um, to make phone calls from GMRS radio over a, uh, over a phone line, over a PSTN phone line. But this isn't really what's happening here. What's happening is that they're using the internet basically to connect these repeaters together. That kind of, um, in, in his argument, is well, actually that is legal because the FCC doesn't specifically say anything against doing that because that's a different, that's a completely different thing, really. Yeah, it's sort of like the these DMR worldwide or nationwide DMR amateur networks that we see mm-hmm. that idea coming to GMRS. And it seems that a lot of GMRS hobbyists are jumping on this and taking advantage of this now. A lot of repeater GMRS repeater owners are starting to link these things together. Um, that's kind of a game changer for GMRS. And what uh, Chuck is saying in his article is that this can potentially really revive, uh, give GMRS a real revival. Um, now, I don't know how far that could go, but... It's definitely something worth looking into. And here's, here's the thing, though. Unfortunately, at the moment, there's only one GMRS uh, handheld out there right now that's repeater-capable, and that is the, um, the Olympia R500. Um, most of the rest of them are either mobiles or, or the micromobiles like the, uh, the Midland micromobile series. radios. And this also begs the question, well, you know, if this is becoming more popular and there's a growing demand for it, I wonder if we'll start seeing a revival of uh, GMRS repeater-capable handhelds at some point. I don't know. We'll, we'll have to, to check this out. But it's, I think this is a very interesting topic. I think this is one that would make a great topic for the show uh, in an upcoming episode. Um, so... Uh, uh, maybe what we can do is we can get uh, we can invite Chuck on the show here at some point. Chuck, if you're listening, uh, I'd like to have you on the show and, and uh, we can discuss this. 
on a topic. That, that would make a great interview, I think. Yeah, that sounds good. But um, that's kind of what's happening in the world of GMRS uh, right now. And as I said, this is kind of a jam-packed show. we got a lot of stuff we're talking about here. Um, you know, by the way, the uh, National Communications Magazine, that uh, you can subscribe to this for 25 bucks a year. It comes out, uh, I think they put out six issues a year. And what, what you get with that $25 is you get online access to every archived issue as well, uh, from going back, all the way back to 1988, which is pretty pretty good deal. It really is so, a good quality magazine, and, and there, there's just not a lot of information out there on the world of FRS, GMRS, MERS, CB. So um, if you're into that, and you probably are since you're listening to this podcast, yep. <laughs> check out, uh, I think they're Nat dash com dot org nat dash com dot org yeah that's that's right and uh when you go there um tell chuck you you uh, heard it on the two-way radio show um uh, there's one other thing i'd like to put out now and that is a public service announcement um hurricane season starting june 1st 2018 hurricane season is here and um it's really important to be prepared. We, we've mentioned this many, many times in, in the past in the show, but I can't really stress this enough because we've already had Alberto come through um, and they've been having some massive flooding, you know, up and down the, 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 the eastern part of the U.S. Um, and they're saying it's, this is going to be a, a pretty active year for hurricanes. So, I don't think Puerto Rico's recovered from the last hurricane. Yeah, they're season. still they're still they're <laughs> they're still trying to, to dig themselves out of that one. And um, look, you need to be prepared. Get yourself a weather radio, an emergency weather radio. And and look, yeah, we sell emergency weather radios, but whether you get it from us or somewhere else, it, it doesn't matter. Just get one. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. Just just get one. Put yourself together an emergency kit with some food and, and, and whatever you need in the emergency kit and just have it ready uh, because you never know when something like this is going to come through and you're going to be without power, you're going to be without uh, uh, access to, to, to water, clean water, food, things like that, and communication. So um, just be prepared and, and uh, you know, go out and do it now and um, that, that way you're, you, you have some sort of, of um, recourse in case you do um, get hit with any bad weather or any other kind of emergency, and uh, and that's uh, that's our public service announcement for this episode. That's good advice, Rick. <laughs> Listen to Rick. Well, we have some com- <laughs> well, we have some comments and questions from our blog and our forum at twowayradioforum.com. Uh, the first one comes from Tufty. He says, uh, hi, I need to buy four CB radios with a long range. Ideally, I would need up to 20 kilometers. Is this possible as they will be used in a mountain range in Hemachal? He's talking about using long range CB radios available in India. Uh, they also need to be portable as will be carried and set up at the end of each truck day. If anyone can point me in the right direction, that would be great. Thanks in advance, and that's from Tufty. Well, you can get a lot of range with a CB radio, um, especially if you're using them in a vehicle like it sounds like he is, and uh, you have an antenna m- mounted on the top of that vehicle. That That's going to help a lot. Mm-hmm. Now, being in India, um, maybe we're not the best people to answer this question because I don't know what the laws are uh, regarding CB in India. Yeah, the laws, are, uh, the laws on this are going to vary from country to country. 
but overall, a CB radio, as, as we know CB in the U.S., uh, you should be able to, to work something like that out, uh, especially if you're on mountaintop to mountaintop. That, that I don't think that should be a, a, a huge issue. What's 20 kilometers? Is that, uh, uh, I don't have my calculator in front of me. 40 miles, roughly? 10 miles? So 10 miles, is it usually half? Boy, half or double. Yeah. <laughs> 40 and 10, that's about, what, two and a half? I thought it was two and a half kilometers per mile Could be. for some reason, so uh, if I'm right. and um, 12 miles, 12.42 miles. So 20 kilometers is 12.42 miles. So that would be, what's one kilometer? No, uh, what's one mile? One mile. One mile is about... Uh, 2.2? 1.6. kilometers is a mile. A little over a, a mile and a, a little over 1.5. So. 1.6. 1.6, yeah. So, got it. Yeah, if you're going mountaintop to mountaintop, you should be able to 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 hit. Now, if you're going down the valley, if you're sitting on the valleys, that's a completely different story. Or if you're on one side of the mountain, and you're trying to talk to the yeah. other side of the mountain, you're you're, you're going to run into problems. Yeah, that, that's true. That's true. And uh, CB radios generally don't have repeaters, so. <laughs> it's but normally, CB radios twelve miles is not out of the question if you're using an external antenna. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, uh, the next one comes from Ricardo. He says, um, hi, guys. I had laying around my Baofeng UV-R5, stopped playing airsoft with the folks, and now I'm thinking of putting it to use for work. The guys at work use Vertex VX261 G65. I've been trying to find the frequencies for the channels, but it seems that I'm not able to do so. Do you guys by any chance have the frequency list for these? Thanks in advance, and that's from Ricardo. Well, that's not a. That's a. He said a G six model. No, R five or five R. No, I mean the, the, on the, the, vertex. the vertex. Vertex is a V. Uh, yeah, VX two sixty one G six. Okay, so he's got a four hundred to four seventy megahertz vertex, which is fully programmable in there. So the only way to find it's with the. There's not set frequencies. Yeah. Um, it has to be programmed. Yeah. Right. So he's going to either need a frequency counter or get a cable and software or send it to us or you know he may be able to put his baofeng in scan mode and then have somebody 10 feet away start transmitting um start scanning around uh i would say most likely they're in the 450 to 470 range it shouldn't take him too long to be able to if he's if they're holding down the push to talk like that for what 10 15 seconds it shouldn't take too long to yeah you might be able to find it that way yeah it's um, possible or check and see if they bought them from us. We might have the frequencies on. We would, we would file. have that frequency yeah. information on. Uh, and if they're not buying from us, they should start. <laughs> um, also, he could go to the FCC's website and look up the license for his company and get the frequencies that way. Right. Yeah. But if there's a, a PL tone on those radios, he's, he might have another issue once he figures out the frequency. Either way, he's going to have to. It's going to require a little work. Yeah. yeah. He's going to have to find out what frequencies are in the 261 to begin with. All right, the next one comes from Kim. Kim wants to know uh, about the uh, Baofeng UV-5R. Um, the question is, can you use this radio as a CB radio? And that's from Kim. Uh, 
negative. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, the UV5R works on completely different bands and frequencies than a, than a CB radio. Um, and uh, our last one here comes from Thomas. He says, uh, I have a Midland 75-440-23 channel radio. It has 15 GMRS simplex channels plus 8 duplex channels. How come I can't find radios that do the same thing like this one? Don't they make radios like this anymore? Looking for radios like these with 4 or 5 watts strictly for GMRS only. And that's from Thomas. Um, and he wrote this in all caps. So it was basically, he was shouting he's, it out. He was shouting he's, it at you. He was you. shouting it at us. It was, apparently, he's pretty frustrated. Yeah. Um, well, I'm with him. I, I wish that someone would make a good, what I would call a business quality GMRS radio. Mm-hmm. You just so many people went away from it. Yeah, you just don't see them. I, I guess there's not a lot of demand for right. that type of thing, and a lot of people honestly just don't care about the type acceptance, and they'll use something like a MD UV380 or something for GMRS, mm-hmm. whereas technically that's not legal. But he wants something specifically with four to five watts, and the the, the Midland the seventy five dash four forty was only two watt radio anyway, um, and I think the 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 Olympia R five hundred, which is comes as close to that as you can get right now as far as the repeater channels, that's a little less than two watts. So um, yeah, I mean he would probably have to get a business radio that was somehow part ninety five, uh, and and. Uh, program it for GMRS at, at this point. Yeah, there there are um, some, I guess, not too old Kenwood models. I think the 3302 was part 95 type accepted. So mm-hmm. if you um, want to be sure to be legal uh, for using the GMRS, you can probably find one of those on eBay. Yeah. Other than that, though, now could that change? I don't know. With the changes in the um, rules regarding GMRS from last year, and maybe what we were talking about earlier with the uh, interest in linking repeaters for GMRS, that could change in the future. Um, yeah, I think you're right. I think this it's a good time for uh, that to potentially change. Now, with the with the rule changes, mm-hmm. companies should be looking at this. They really should. I agree. Well, that's it for our comments and questions this week. Uh, send in your comments and questions for Danny, Anthony, or myself to show at buy2wayradios.com. If you want to know more about today's topic or about two-way radios in general, check out our forum discussions at twowayradioforum.com. You can subscribe to the Two-Way Radio Show directly from our website at twowayradioshow.com or hear it on iTunes, Blueberry.com, Google Play Music, or Stitcher Radio. Well, I guess it does it for our jam-packed show this time. Um, before we go, any other final comments? I don't think so. No. We packed it. Packed this jam. <laughs> <laughs> Tightly packed, and, and now we're, yeah, yeah. We need a nap. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, today's show is sponsored by BuyTwoWayRadios.com. Whether you're searching for two-way radios for general consumer or business use, BuyTwoWay Radios can help you find the best solution for your needs. Enter the promo code SHOW at checkout and save an additional 5% off your order. Give us a call at 1-800-584-1445 or enter our live chat at BuyTwoWayRadios.com. Well, everyone, as always, thanks for listening. And until next time, for the Two-Way Radio Show, I'm Rick Savoya. I'm Danny Feimster. And I'm Anthony Roquet. And we're out.